Welcome to the City Hill podcast. We really hope you enjoy today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about City Hill, please visit our website, cityhill.london. I believe that thankfulness is one of the greatest things that can really help energize you. You see people who go through a rough moment and a tough moment in time, and when they're not thankful about stuff, man, it just knocks you through the floor. But when you start finding things you can be thankful for, it changes everything. I've had one of those weeks where just everything goes wrong from the boiler to the dishwasher, to the car, to the laptop. And then you start to be like, oh, this was my, this is meant to be my, my week off. This is meant to be like half term. This is what it energized me. And you know what? One by one, everyone else in our building, when their boiler goes wrong, ends up spending 2000 pounds buying a new boiler. We spent five pounds putting something on the wall. Oh my days, Lord Jesus taketh the wheel. I have never thanked God for a five pound repair job more than I thank God for that five pound repair job. And thankfulness, it just gives you a second wind. It lifts you up, finding the things you've been thankful for. Because sometimes in life, life can feel a little bit thank- thankless, but then you can be like, oh God, thank you that this person is in my life. Thank you that my, my wife hasn't run away. Thank you that my kids are healthy. Thank you. You just start getting this energy. So I want to talk about thankfulness for just two minutes before I hand over to Moses and the kids go do some activities with Marv who's got the coat and the the bag ready. That bag is full. It is like a Harry Potter bag. It's just full of activities in there, man. I'm I'm sure he carries around like one of those rides they throw out in the park that the kids go on the merry-go-round in that bag. It's everything. There's probably a kid stuck in the... Wow, there is a kid in the bag. Can't put that online now. Thanks, Jody. You know, smuggling children in rucksacks. We don't encourage that at City Hill. That's not part of our child safety policy. We do not put kids in bags. Wow, we're going to get shut down. So today I wanted to focus in on that because once every three months at City Hill, we give uh, an award to someone who serves at City Hill which is just such an awesome, awesome thing because I feel like when we're thankful for one another, when we get together and we celebrate one another, for me, that is just one of the most important things. So today I've got like a City Hill Award hidden away in the corner over here. And on this award, it says, no, it's not for you, Aria, stop sulking. It says, awarded to Tomasia for shining bright in faithful service at City Hill London. So... Yeah, come on, Tomasa. <laughs> so we are crazy grateful to you, Tomasia. <laughs> We've got another one. It's so good. I love it when people come to church, see their family and friends and still think, oh, it's casual. It's a casual Sunday. Every single time. Trina was like, I can't believe I've got all these family that have come today. We've got Trina every time. Your family, we're all going like, oh, should we come at a different time? No, 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 come normal time. They never work it out. Guaranteed. It's brilliant. Tomasia, we are so grateful for everything you've done. We're so grateful for how you've served on hosting, how you've served on hosting when you're not even down to serve on hosting, how you've chipped in with all the City Light parties whenever you haven't been down to chip in at the City Light parties, how you've always made people feel welcome and just loved on everyone and for bringing your amazing family to come visit our church and, and be there. And, and your two kids are absolute credit to you. They're absolutely brilliant. Melo's not even listening to me. That's not the point. <laughs> Dean is. And like, you, you're just brilliant. So thank you so much to Marcia. I'm so sorry it's an American plug. I need to ask them to start doing British plugs. You'll need an adapter for that. But thank you so much to Marcia. We are so, so grateful to you. 
And if you want to say something, go ahead. Speech. Yeah, yeah. Speech when you're most choked up. Give a speech. <laughs> oh, we. No, that's cool, Tomasia. Thank you. No, thank you. See, this is why we said, and why I said at the beginning, thankfulness is such a big thing. You'd never believe it. You think it's a small thing. It's not a small thing. Thankfulness, saying thank you to someone, appreciating someone, it energizes. So I just want to let everyone know this week when you step into work, say thank you to someone for something. You, you think it's nothing. You really do. We, don't, we think it's nothing, but it's a game changer. It is a game. No one says thank you for anything anymore. No one does. So that's what makes uh, award Sundays for me probably the best Sunday because we get to say thank you to someone. And we don't just say thank you. We say thank you for a really awesome, one-of-a-kind, legit award that shines just like our vision and mission does. I'm going to pray again for us. Then City Light, you guys are going to go with Marv and you're going to do some cool art and craft activity. And then Moses is going to come and speak to us. Father God, I am thankful that there isn't a single person here today that you are not thankful for. I thank you, God, that although today we've celebrated Tomasia and in another three months we'll celebrate someone else, God, we are so grateful to everyone who gives their time at City Hill. But today, especially, Lord, we are grateful for Tomasia. We are grateful for the love, the dedication, uh, how far away she lives, and yet she'll always be here giving her best, being here early to help set up and to welcome people and to, to welcome them with a smile, with love, and with a nice hot drink. Who doesn't love a hot drink when they come in? Lord, thank you so much for Tomasia. I pray you bless her. I pray you bless her family, uh, right out through all her in-laws to everyone, Lord, in her family, Lord. I pray your blessing will just overflow into all their lives and into her, her fantastic kids as well, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So without further ado, Mr. Mo, will you take... I know you make notes on your phone, but you have to be like, by phone yeah. today. Like. It's going to be... They're going to be a mad one. Good morning, everyone. Um, as Andy mentioned, my name is Moses. Most people know me. Some people won't. Um, but today, today on um, today on Love Island. No. So today, what I really wanted to talk about was how God's care for us and God's love for us reaches into our physicality, reaches into our day-to-day, reaches into us in a natural sense. So sometimes when we think about faith, sometimes when we think about spirituality, we can all, it can almost be otherworldly. It can be things that faith is almost this thing that we can't necessarily touch without necessarily recognizing that God's care for us extends to our physical bodies. It extends to day-to-day things. And what I really want to touch on today is, is our physical bodies. And so, give us today our daily meds it's looking at how god actively considers and works towards our physical nourishment and how he wants us to be intentional about that so i will briefly i'm going to like quote the scriptures but i'm going to paraphrase them i'm going to quote what scriptures they're from i'm going to paraphrase the scriptures themselves so in first kings from chapters 18 through to about 1920, we see Elijah who challenges the prophets of Baal. Um, Obviously they weren't able to do, complete the challenge, but he was able to complete the challenge. And after that tremendous victory where he defeated about 450 prophets by himself, the queen of Israel, who was Jezebel, then decreed a, um, a proclamation that if she sees him, she's gonna kill him. 
And after that victory, Elijah then becomes depressed and runs away. And sometimes when we think about depression and we're trying to think about how we're going to deal with it, we have different ideas and stuff, but it's very interesting within 1 Kings 19, the way that God actually deals with his depression is causes him to sleep, wakes him up, feeds him, and then causes him to sleep again. And so God refreshes him physically. He gives him rest and feeds him and nourishes him. And even the, the food wasn't, wasn't a banquet. It was just bread and water. But he fed him twice. And then within, in the strength of that bread and water, he was then able to travel 40 days without eating to a place where God was then actually able to address the depression more directly and then commission him to go anoint two further kings. And another story is in the book of Daniel. So in Daniel, we see um, the king of Babylon conquering Israel and capturing some of their nobles and their king's officials and taking them back to Babylon to serve under him. And Daniel was one of them. And when Daniel went, uh, part of this process of um, serving under the king, they had to go through like a year's worth of training and stuff like that being fed with the king's meat and everything. And Daniel said, I'm not going to eat anything that defiles me. I want to honor God even in this place. So I want to eat only what God blesses. And so he then speaks to the person who's in charge of him and says, just give me vegetables. Give me vegetables, let me eat this. And if after a week, I am not in a, in a good position physically, then you can give me what the king has ordered you to give me. And after a week, the, um, the person in charge came back to see Daniel and saw that he was actually doing much better than the rest of the people who had been eating what the king had given them to eat. And the interesting thing about Daniel's situation is that he then became one of the wisest people within that place. And he had charge over everyone. And so in him honoring God, not just in a quote-unquote spiritual way, but very tangibly and physically, God then honoured him and elevated him even within a place of exile. And so it's rec recognising that within our faith, God's care reaches into the way that we maintain and handle our bodies. Now, this isn't necessarily a call to, like, a strict diet or hit the gym 10 times a week or anything like that, but it, it's a call to actually recognise that God has called us to be stewards over our bodies. God has called us to handle this body in such a way that reflects the God that we serve, reflects the God that we, 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 we've been drawn to, the God who laid down his life for us. And it's, for every person, it's going to be somewhat different. It's going, the challenge is going to be somewhat different. So practically for me, um, so slight tangent, but it's going to make sense. Um, <laughs> I got married in, not November, just gone, like 2013, but it was in November. And so November for me is a very reflective month, just kind of reflecting over the past year as a couple and also kind of praying into what God would have us do for the year uh, ahead. And two years ago, as I was kind of going through that re reflective process, I kind of felt God saying, as I am going through that, he wanted me to do a Daniel fast. So from the story, Daniel fast is essentially just eating vegetables. Um, and to make my life easier, I just thought, cool, I'll just go vegan because that's pretty much similar. Um, Daniel Fast, from what I know, is a bit more stringent in terms of you can't have sugar, stuff like that. Yeah, some people kind of take it to the nth degree. 
Um, but after just thought I'll make my life simpler, just go do it, um, go vegan. And after going vegan, the actual differences that I saw bodily was real, was like, was dramatic. Um, and then when I went back onto meat, I realized just how much my body responded to meat negatively. But I'm African. I've, I've, <laughs> I've lived like 28, 29 years just eating meat. Like if, if the food doesn't have meat on it, it's an insult. Like what, what is this? If the jollof hasn't got chick, like nah, it, just, it doesn't work. So I went back onto the meat and in, in as much as my body wasn't responding as well, I was just like, nope, this, this is it. And at the beginning of this year, I kind of felt God saying, nah, we need to go back to the, vegan, the plant-based diets. I need to go back to the plant-based diet, should I say. And as I've gone back to the plant-based diet, I was having a conversation with Andy a while ago and I was mentioning just how intentional it's made me in terms of simply because I am intentional about what I physically eat it's made me a lot more intentional about what I take in emotionally. It's making me intentional about the conversations that I engage in. It's made, it's made me intentional about the minutest of things that I didn't necessarily pay attention to. And so just the way that I interact with my daughter, I'm a lot more intentional about that. I'm a lot more mindful about that. And it's, it all stems from going to a shop and not being able to pick something up by having to read a label to recognise if there's like any dairy products in it. And it's just made me a lot more intentional about just what I consume and what I, what I produce. And it's made, it then allowed me to recognise that in this, in this intentionality, it's also made me intentional about my relationship with God. It's made me intentional about what I am consuming. Is it in line with what God wants me to do? And so the only reason I am on the plant-based diet is because I believe this is what God wants for me in the season. And so I'm like, if I am consuming this because this is what God wants me to consume in this season, should I be watching this? Should I be engaging in this conversation? Should I be engaging in these sorts of, I say friendships loosely, but it's like, should I be doing these sorts of things? I can't just reserve this for my diet and not for the other areas of my life. And so it's, the challenge is really not necessarily a radical for everyone to turn vegan, no. Um, but it's more so to be intentional about how you steward your life, how you actually go about fashioning and shaping your lives in such a way that reflects the God that you belong to, the God, the God that you believe in, or reflects your, your values, your aims and your purposes and what you believe. Yeah, reflects what you believe. I'm kind of scared of that cat. Um, <laughs> Just prancing around, just, um, yeah, that really just reflects what you believe in. And so the, um, the emphasis is really twofold. Firstly, that God cares not just about, quote unquote, what your faith can do, but rather how your faith actually impacts the totality of your life. And there's no part of your life that is, is minute, that is irrelevant, that is beyond God. God cares about you intimately. The Bible says that he knows the amount of hairs on your head and he's closer to you than even your brother, than even your own thoughts. Like he knows you that well. And faith or your belief systems or your values should shape your life in the natural. And so even as we believe in God or as you hold faith or as you're searching, 
how does that then um, challenge and shape your life? So, last scripture that I actually want to finish off on is Psalm 127. Um, Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go, go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives his beloved sleep. And it goes on to say some more things about children, which I find interesting because it's after saying he gives his beloved sleep, it then says that children are a blessing. Um, and without doing much study into anything like that, just a reflection, like anxiety starts to hit a lot more when you have kids. When it's like every little thing that your kids do, you know, don't do that, you can hurt yourself. But also like the practical things in terms of my kids need food. I might not necessarily have as much food or, or you might, you might be comfortable, but kids just protection over your kids kind of comes with an increases the amount of anxiety you have, tends to. But it then says that God gives rest to his beloved and then it goes into children. And so it's very much like our belief or our faith in God is actually something we can rest in, physically rest in. And not just this lofty notion of rest, but actually we can sleep knowing that God has got us. God has got our children, he's got our situation, he's, he's got us. And I can run around doing everything, but if God is not working in the same vein, in the same direction as I am working, I labor in vain. And so that, that, that's almost an extra level or the best level of security we can ever have. That if we're walking or working in the direction that God would want us to go in, however things may look, he's going to grant us rest. He's going to ensure that we never eat the bread of anxiousness or like he, he's got us. And so even as we explore what it may look like in terms of our diet, um, for some it may be keto, for some it may be um, like cutting some, I don't know, but it's, it's personal for every single person. And there's that onus on every one of us to kind of just explore and examine and see how do I live this out? Is the way that I'm living actually reflective of, reflective of my values? Um, and as we do that, in faith and in trust, I believe, as God said, he will never leave you or forsake you. He is going to honour you even as you seek to honour him physically. So yeah, that's, that's me. Thank you. Thank you. Cool. Yeah, I think the thing I love most about what Moses said there was, I mean, the whole thing with like vegan living is that you do have to read the packet. You can't just pick it up, which is alien to me. I've never picked up a packet in my life and had to like, um, look at the back. That's just not something I've ever done. But the thing that really hit me when we were sitting down talking about that is he goes, you know what? It didn't stop there. It didn't stop with the packet. It started with like, I'm watching this and I'm thinking, what am I putting in? And I was just remember sitting with my, we were having pizza at the time. He's on a vegan one, obviously. <laughs> he couldn't eat the same thing as me. And I was just stuffing my face with my pizza. And I was like, yeah, what am I putting in? And I mean, Jody and I, over the last year, we've been cutting down on meat. I mean, I'm not in a place where I can cut meat. I'm not, I don't have that kind of faith. <laughs> but like, I'm reducing it. The amount of times we have chick, pea, curry now, it Aye. is unreal. Aye. And just reducing that intake and thinking about what we eat more and more. She loves a chick, pea, curry. She got excited, Aria. Go on, go to mommy. There you go. Sweet, you don't need my hand. There you go, cool. But then the, the thing that hit me is like, 
Moses is picking up all these packets, but then he's like watching something. He's like, I need to lock this off. I'm putting this inside. And then conversations. Well, I'm listening to this conversation. This is becoming a part of me. Oh, I want to chop this off as well. And I feel, I feel like that's such a difficult thing for all of us to do. In my workplace, some of the banter is terrible. Oh, my days. I was away on a work thing. I had to walk away from conversations. And they were like, no, 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 play the game. So I'm like, man, I'm not answering that question. That question is ridiculous. How did that even come in your head? That is messed up. And I walked off. I'm done. I'm cutting that out. Because we aren't just what we eat. We're, the, we're what we think. We're what we process the most. And if we're putting stuff in all the time, I remember someone saying about uh, a Christian guy on the inter- uh, in an interview, they're having a debate between a Christian and an atheist, and they were talking about stuff, and he, the atheist turned around and just said, yeah, but you're brainwashed. And he goes, absolutely. I prefer what I wash my brain with than what you wash your brain with. And I remember listening to that conversation, I went, no matter what your faith perspective, what are you washing your brain with? Whether you believe in Jesus or not, doesn't matter. We're all washing our brains with something. We need to start filtering out what we're washing our brain with. I'm washing my brain with as much of Jesus as I can get. That's me. But I'm saying I want us all to meditate on the question that Moses has brought, which is like food. We need healthy food. We need good food. We need to not be eating rubbish because that's our physical body. But what information are you eating at the moment that is actually eating you instead of sustaining you, instead of strengthening you? I'm going to pray for us and I'll be here for today. Father God, what are the things that we're all eating that are actually devouring us? What's the information we're dissecting that is killing us instead of giving us life? What are the things we're watching all the time that are robbing us of our joy and the intentionality we could be spending with our kids? God, what is it that's consuming us at the moment? Father, I pray that this week, each of us will realize the things that maybe we need to change in our diet, that each of us will realize maybe the things we need to change in what we're watching. And actually for some of us, it's the words that we say. Are our words seasoned with salt? Are our words so thankful that people around us are knowing they're appreciated? Father, I pray for Tamasi that you bless her for all that she's done for us to sit here. We are so grateful for her. And I just pray, Lord, as we leave today, each of us will walk into our place of work and influence, spreading thankfulness for someone, knowing people are so underappreciated. Thank you, Lord, that you, you appreciate us, which is insane considering we, we bring nothing to the table, literally nothing except our sin and our problems. But you love us so much, you gave it all for us. And I just pray for that healing in us, that we become people of purpose and gratitude in Jesus' name. Amen. really hope you enjoyed today's message and if you'd like to find out more about City Hill please visit our website cityhill.london we